Okay, welcome everyone. I'm here with Hi, you. welcome everyone. <clears throat> We're doing the part four of our Ascension Essentials podcast video discussion series, following along with the um, course outline that Ceres has created around Ascension and the pillars of Ascension to help give context for what's happening right now. Um, and I do want to just mention that we are both experiencing a lot of fun embodiment um, <laughs> happenings, and so there may be a little sniffling and my voice is more raspy than normal. Um, and, and that's all part of the work that we're doing. So <clears throat> here we are. <laughs> um, the success is that we're here. Yeah. We're on the we we're on the video we're on the podcast <clears throat> yeah. and the video <laughs> huge success, um, yeah. So series maybe you could we're in February now. This is the first recording that we're doing in February, and a lot has been happening. So maybe you could set the the kind of current of that we're in right now and explain what's going on. <clears throat> Last, last year, the, the numerology of 2018 was 11-2, so we, in a different way, we were working with the energetic of two a lot, but in this month, in February, we're working with it in the context of a 12-3 year, 12 being spiritual mastery, three being creation at the human level, so we're working with the energetic of two now at a new level very different really than last year and also the pace of of everything is different this year <clears throat> it's very the light is so strong that everything that needs to happen is quickly activated so in that way our working with two in february is different and two is really working with the two parts of self. Mm. So, and we have more than two parts of self. We have many more. <clears throat> and we can have a general experience of having two halves. That is a, that's, a, that's sort of a common general theme in being human. It's having two sides. And typically we project our less conscious half onto the external onto the mirror outside relationships circumstance etc so when we work with two through february now very very fast and very focused with spiritual mastery at every turn and all of our human parts how our two sides are in relationship with each other mm -hmm. is shifting it's shifting in the body our dynamic between two parts that have part of us that wants to go forward and embrace and love and, and, and then a counterpart. When we think of two within the human, it's sort of shadow light, male, female, yin, yang. What we very often get is, is sort of a less conscious half that runs counter to what we are trying to do consciously. That's the common experience. Mm -hmm. And that less conscious half that will often be doing in some degree running the opposite of what we're doing consciously. We project that on the outside usually right. so that we don't need to get complicated with that. It actually is really simple. And the, the feedback time now is really fast. <clears throat> it's so, so fast. So if we have a circumstance or relationship interaction, anything in the mirror of life that, feels out of balance, it may really get our attention right now. Mm -hmm. Any experience also just in the physical, you know, but anything external, if it's out of balance, it's going to get our attention and um, almost expand in our awareness. Um, and very, very quickly we can, we can connect that seeming in balance with the external back to the, other half of ourselves within that is less conscious. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing this fast feedback between the external mirror and the less conscious half of self. That's right. how we're working with the two of February. And it's really, really, really fast. 
Now, <clears throat> when I say fast, when we resist, which some of that will probably be inevitable, the more we resist, the more intense and uncomfortable it will get. When we can relax our resistance and embrace it, it's less uncomfortable and it just becomes faster progress. Mm -hmm. So question, or maybe, so the, what you were saying, kind of like there's these two parts of ourselves and um, what I like kind of the simplest way I understand that is that this is kind of that inner tension that we feel like in most, you know, and almost everything that we, we do, at least in my experience, there's often this like, oh, I want to do that, but da, da, da. like, it's like, we're always kind of back and forth, back and forth. And, um, and it's, yeah, so it, like you said, it is quite simple. It's really just like this, the fact that with, we're not fully there yet where we can fully commit to something or engage with something or, um, <clears throat> we're working towards that, but like, it's like the, the ideal is that we're working, we're acting and existing from a place of wholeness and whole, like that means wholly committing or engaging with things with our, with our full being. That's what we're, that's what February is prepping us for towards March okay. for towards March is the wholeness. Got it. So that's a beautiful comment. That inner tension that is just taken as completely normal for the human condition, sometimes it's more normal, mm -hmm. right? We desire or choose or act in one way and there's a counter pull creating that tension that you talk about. And then, so what's happening is that what gives rise to that tension between the two halves of self, generally speaking, is coming conscious really fast. We've got Uranus and we've got Eris and we've got all this activity lighting that up. So very, very quickly, it's not going to be a secret from us anymore, mm -hmm. but it's running that inner tension where two, two parts seem to want to go in opposite directions. One's more conscious than the other, but the tension is felt and runs through everything. <clears throat> And I have to relate that to, which I'm sure you saw these last two weeks of Chiron and Pisces, mm -hmm. the two, because the old experience of Pisces, the old symbol was two fish swimming in the opposite direction. So people of different ages with different life paths, different different goals for this incarnation will experience this in different ways chiron alpha omega is all about wholeness mm. it's all about the fundamental way that everything gets used to resolve that separation wound between being human and physical and being in the it's the it's the meeting place where what needs love and hasn't gotten it and has been perpetually wounded meets the love. So Chiron, which bridges us to wholeness is in Pisces for two more weeks mm. before moving to, uh, to Aquarius, Aquarius, Aquarius. Oh, I'm losing it. Anyway, here's the point. Yeah. Aquarius, of course, this is a wrap up of the the long 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 era of human wounding in the piscean age mm. that's what that's what it means for so whatever we need to do to wrap that up whatever our souls need to do because our soul experience is so much longer than this lifetime we've had a lot of experience in the piscean era on you know, this incarnation whatever we need to do to wrap that up will happen will happen it will be watery it will be felt and um here again in a different way embracing it <clears throat> is what's really going to help so self-love will be really useful this way there will be deeply felt things some of which we cannot uh, account for in this lifetime mm -hmm. deeply 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 felt things through the next two weeks and some of this emotional depth 
um, we may rather not experience. If we embrace it, <clears throat> then what we have the opportunity to do is to complete an enormous karmic cycle for ourselves and to lighten our load going forward enormously, to have a sense of soul completion going forward. And, and kind of emotional depth purification. So we're going to want to hold a self-loving space, a, a loving willingness to feel what comes through these next tight two weeks. Thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, so there's so much, there's so many things that we could include in what's happening right now. So that may have, we may have traveled away from the focus, but it's all, it's all important. It's all. Yeah, important. definitely. I mean, I think we should continue on with the self love because that is going to support us through all of this. Um, and as we're recording on the 5th of February, I just also want to note for those listening that this is the first day of the Chinese New Year. So we're entering, there's this feeling of, I've been feeling a lot of completion energy. And I think that's also because of the wormhole that is closed as of yesterday. And that's a whole nother topic, but um, just wanted to set the stage with that too, because we are, shifting into like another level of new it feels like yeah some of it is is about how we're quickly becoming so much more conscious but all that you know like you say the closing of the wormholes another topic i mean it could be and all these events are so synchronized right now right so you know when cena talks about the closing of the wormhole i mean one of the ways i'm relating to that is that that lunar eclipse that we had that was so powerful we really are just leaving that energetic with the new moon that we had yesterday yep. and then the new Chinese new year beginning of that new cycle today. So there's this very pristine organization to all of these events right now. Mm -hmm. and they can be focused on separately. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Completion is one completion is one end of starting something new. Mm. And we're really going to be feeling that. And, and actually, you know, because we work so multidimensionally in Ascension, they will seem like they're happening really simultaneously now. Mm -hmm. Lots of completion. And even if we're not manifesting the new, we're very aware of it while we're in a completion process. Right. Yeah. It feels, I feel it so present. <clears throat> right. Even if it's not quite here yet. Okay. Um, so on this note, one thing that you and I were just discussing before hopping on here was that there's no breaks. <laughs> like we're just full. I mean, we just went through all the things happening and that's not even all of them. And, um, and, and yeah, we're, and I think a lot of people are also feeling this, like we're totally just, continue like we just have to keep going there's there's not a little pause. yeah there, <laughs> it's, there's no breaks like there's no coffee breaks and there's no breaks like there's no breaks on the wheels <laughs> yeah right yes great distinction <laughs> neither but, yeah. but really neither we don't have we don't have lull we're going very very fast Still no planets retrograde. Mercury doesn't even enter his shadow till the 18th. Doesn't go retrograde till the 5th. So our speed and pace is just very fast. And we don't have lulls or pauses between one event cycle and the next right now. Yep. Yes. So, um, Let's talk about self-love because as we're in this, yeah. no breaks in any form, um, how can we stay centered? And, right. and why is, maybe you can talk a bit about why, why we're talking about self-love right now and like how this came into the fourth pillar. 
of the court. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, well, okay. Why, it's, why is it the fourth pillar, self-love? Um, it's, it's an interesting topic for February. The experience of falling into separation out of the fall from grace, falling into separation. The experience of the, those two parts that we're working with in February, that inner tension, that inner opposition. Comes from us falling out of a full connection with an alignment to love, even if that's primarily unconscious. It means that we have a part of self, parts really, a part of self that is, has come to believe that it is something other than love. It has forgotten love. It has forgotten its love nature. It has forgotten that it can trust love. It has actually come to fear love. Mm. Now, this isn't a really, this may not sound like a really easy idea as far as how we think of ourselves, especially those of us on a spiritual path for a while. We have parts of us that fear love. Mm -hmm. If we didn't, we wouldn't have any inner opposition to how we choose to expand and create and connect. There would be no inner tension. The only reason any part of us pulls away from our movement towards love is because it fears love. Fundamentally, there's no other reason. Though, though that experience of part, parts of us having forgotten love, forgotten that they are love, and fearing love is usually mostly unconscious. So we usually, we, the way that we experience that is, is just how it expresses through how we experience life and ourselves and the challenges that come. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sort of setting a foundation here because we start where we're at and then we work more deeply and more consciously as we progress. Mm -hmm. But the very simple act of welcoming our experience, how we perceive ourselves, our challenges and life and intending and choosing to love ourselves more and as fully as we can begins to dissolve what keeps part of us separate from love and afraid from love inside. The applied practice of self-love as honestly, consistently as we can practice it, dissolves and transmutes whatever holds part of us within separate from love and fearing love. So in that sense, and also speaking to, you know, that inner tension, we've got a part of us that pulls away. We're going to be really aware of that through February. Mm -hmm. We're going to be really aware of it. It can show up in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that honesty piece of it. Um, Because I feel like a lot of what we do in Ascension is help to translate these, you know, a phrase like self-love, you know, that's pretty commonly used and um, especially in more spiritual circles Um, and when you just spoke about how important honesty is and there's there's honesty and acceptance required to truly be operating from a, a loving place and I I guess I've I've experienced how I can mentally or rationally think I'm being loving towards myself when really I'm actually pushing away a a part of myself that I don't want to look at. And so that's not being fully honest or fully accepting of of everything that I'm feeling in that moment. Right. Right. So, 
what happens what what happens is is we talk about you know we set being loving loving ourselves being loving in life being in loving service we have these activations and heart openings and we really genuinely set those things as goals what happens from a long time of egoic confusion that comes in still is that we the mind creates a surface idea of what that should look like Mm. and then we just try to keep making things seem that way on the surface right when when part of our movement on a spiritual path or ascension process is to open ourselves up at deeper and deeper levels as we do that the deeper less conscious parts of self and memories the parts that have gone longer without love suffered more without love will open up everything that seems less like love that we have carried will open up so we will get in touch as we progress with things that seem further away from love completely opposite of love and and the love act is to be available for that not to pretend that because love is a goal that we can make everything seem loving on the surface and that's enough the true act of self-love is showing up to let deeper levels of self reveal come as they are to let them come as they are mm-hmm. and that takes strength and and it takes heart courage and it it takes a will it takes a dedication it takes faith in the truth of what we really are which is love because we will not want to unpack these things that seem unlike love if it seems that they implicate us if it seems like that's the truth of what we are Mm -hmm. so i guess here what i could say is that self-love you could say it has it's got there's two principles to it it's it's showing a um, remembering that what we are fundamentally is love mm-hmm. and that gives us the ability to look at everything that seems unlike love within and then we must do that honestly mm-hmm. remembrance of what we really are love using the strength that gives us to honestly witness <clears throat> welcome everything that seems unlike love within at deeper and deeper levels mm-hmm. that is the real act of self-love pretending that because we aspire to self-love that that's all that's happening that's all we feel about the world and that's all that we find within that's just not that's just not honest that's not a path that's just finding something that we aspire to and acting as if we're already there and we're not. Mm. Right. So, um, part of that first principle was remembering that. So there's what I, what I took was there's something about we identify our, our ego identifies with these aspects of ourselves. And that's why it's really so hard to look at them because when that pops up, and we don't have this, we're not operating from this full self-love, knowing that we are love and that everything is okay. When those kind of shadowy parts of ourselves pop up, we go, I mean, we kind of autom- like automatically go into this fear or aversion response of like, ooh, that's, whoa, I don't want to be that, that like, I can't even look at that because that would mean that I am that. And um, that's just kind of a, uh, kind of like a fear cycle that we can go into. And what I'm hearing you say when it's, when we're the first principle of remembering that we are love and that everything that doesn't feel like love is not us. 
Right, <clears throat> right, right. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it exactly. So as we get in touch with deeper, deeper stored things within that seem unlike love, there will be aspects of us trapped in that experience that will believe or fear that they are bad, whatever, um, guilt, shame, you know, pain, whatever. <clears throat> so the conscious, uh, what we bring consciously, yes, is the choice to have faith, trust, to trust the truth that what we are is love, even as we bring conscious, reclaim aspects of self that have forgotten that they are love and come to believe that they are something terrible. And, and <clears throat> so, yeah, working within, there, there is this fundamental, this fundamental truth actually for anything, but we start within and then we find it in the outer world. It doesn't work to start out here and then bring it in. We have to, when we are getting in touch with unconscious <clears throat> or difficult to approach aspects of self, there is a fundamental truth that everything is love or it is a call for love and, and there's nothing else. There's nothing else at all. So, it's either part of us that is actually love and it has, and it just doesn't look like it for a minute till we get back in touch with it. It's part of us that is asking for love that needs it. Mm -hmm. And, and we haven't realized it till we were ready and able, or it's just something that's just completely an illusion. It doesn't even contain any of our essence. It's not real at all. Mm -hmm. And when we bring it conscious, it goes. Can you give me an example of, so everything is love or a call for love. What's something that would be a call for love and how would we maybe go, how would we answer that call? <clears throat> well, the reason that even needs to be said is because it's not obvious when we're getting in touch with these parts of self. So let's say for example, we get in touch with an inner child aspect that is angry, that has felt slighted or wounded, that is rebellious and, and um, would rather sabotage or oppose or whatever. That's what that aspect is doing on the surface we get in touch with it and we find that and maybe that aspect it's it's really shadow it really you know aspects that have very much been unconscious and shadow will seem to do the direct opposite of what we identify with in our personality mm. there's a book it's old now but it's uh oh, what is it called i think it's called like <clears throat> Uh, the shadow side to the light chasers or something. There's this woman and all she does is shadow work and she helps people get in touch with their shadow aspects that are opposite. So a person who feels like she's always the most loving and always the most giving and throws the parties and has the best gifts and is always thoughtful and does everything for everyone has this shadow aspect that has to come forward as a bitch mm. as just, mean and selfish and that was her unconscious shit exactly opposite of what she was identifying with right right <clears throat> so there is a way in which in order to just be real here <laughs> to just be real to have an authentic human experience mm -hmm. that isn't all lopsided and to just open to the idea that we're going to have shadow parts. Right. And to let go of the expectation that all of our parts are going to fit into this pretty nice idea 
of what we share with the world. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so let's say, yeah, that there's that you getting in touch. Um, I don't know, in response to a person or something in the world, we feel angry or difficult and we get in touch with that within we find there's an inner child aspect that just wants to fight and mess things up and rebel. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> As we welcome that part of us more conscious, we ask it, why, what are you getting from this? Why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And we start to get into the layers of, of that part of self. Well, that part of us felt slighted or it didn't get to express itself. Usually that part of us didn't feel loved the way it needed to at a certain point. And it made a choice to pick up this identity and pattern. Mm -hmm. Actually as a way to express its pain and its unmet need for love. And so kind of like you might do with a child, an external child, like a good parent would do, you, you, you see what you figure out, what's really going on. You figure out where the love need is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe that inner child aspect needs a love response where they are not allowed to act out and hurt themselves, but they also need there's also you know prompt for their love need to be understood maybe they need a safe way to express their anger mm -hmm. maybe they need someone to mirror them to see them mm -hmm. to see the good in them mm -hmm. so you know, that this is a, a loose example of how we would get in touch with, you know, with it, with an angry, destructive, sabotaging part of self it might be an inner child aspect, might be a different aspect. There's a reason there's something driving that pattern. Usually at some point that aspect said, <clears throat> I'm not getting the love I need and no one's listening. Or, and <clears throat> so I can, at least I can express myself this way, almost as a way of sort of staying alive and still having some expression. Mm -hmm. I can express myself, at least this is honest in a way, that I'm angry and I didn't get the love I need and no one's listening. Right. So. So it's really, I mean, I think that's a really helpful, a helpful way to, to think about this work um, this, this shadow, this inner shadow work is imagine that you're, how you would talk and engage with like a, a small child outside of yourself or a person outside of yourself. Um, like if you're feeling like an angry bitch on the inside, like maybe you're talking to someone that's embodying that just in your mind. And that's how you can interact with yourself inside. And that is, um, really really helpful and surprisingly simple and straightforward when we learn and remember how to do that um, because we are so used to looking outside of ourselves mm -hmm. and um, wanting something from outside of ourselves to tell us what's going on or to fix things or putting our anger on or whatever feelings on what's outside of ourselves. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of to share that and clarify that example of talking to these parts of yourself. It's really all we need to do because just in that act of you going through that motion of talking to your little one, you're seeing them. It's like you're giving them that attention that they didn't have, perhaps. And perhaps that's that that's a huge step when Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and so, you know, if we continue with this example, uh, maybe that aspect was, you know, forced to conform to some sort of, 
you know, way of being that wasn't natural for them. And it generated an inner rebellion. Um, but that the fact that that part is angry and rebellious means it hasn't given up on being itself. Mm. Nice. And that's a good sign. And these aspects always, they're always somewhere in the body. You know, when we say talking to them, yes, absolutely. There's not an abstract mental thing. Right. Please, and please, anyone listening, this is not something to struggle with in the mind. The, any aspect of self is somewhere in the body. It's somewhere in the body. And the way we can effectively engage in dialogue with these parts of self that have not been conscious are asking for love had forgotten their love nature is by tuning in to parts of the body that seem to need more love or have blocks or need more circulation. So it's all, yeah, it's all where it's, you know, it's all in here. We're running it in our cells. It's, it's all in here. Right. And that's a really important factor because, you know, we've been talking a bit, uh, we've been focusing more on more emotional, um, like areas where we feel emotions and they need self-love. You can also approach it from pain in the body. And it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. We talk about it in two different ways because that makes it easier to talk about. Right. Um, you know, if somebody's got a chronic challenge in the body, they start to really get more consciously in touch with that area of the body, do some breath work, have some effective release in that area of the body where there's been a chronic issue or chronic pain, there will be emotional release as well because there was undigested emotion trapped in that area of the body, which is what was calling, causing the dis-ease. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's really simple, but it's so profound as I'm thinking about this right now. Self-love is like, how can we love, I mean, from one perspective, how can we love every single cell and part of our body, our physical body? <clears throat> yeah, I'm loving like all of your, how you're weaving all this together in your questions. And this, this, is, this is how we really come back to ascension and embodiment. This is how embodiment becomes a real live thing that is meaningful for us because part of what we are actually doing is coming conscious in the body again mm -hmm. and bringing love back into the body, into our parts of self, into ourselves where there has been density, separation, pain, and fear, which we experience as density and we gradually dissolve that with love and that it is replaced with love in the body. Yep. <laughs> and when we're running love light and I mean, running more love light in the body and dissolving the density in the body changes the flow of energy. And that's what emotion is. Emotion is mm. energy in motion. <clears throat> So embodiment is embodying being the embodied expression of love light again. Mm. And so we, t we use self-love a lot and for a long time until we are whole and until there's nothing left in ourself, in ourselves that feels like it needs love because all of us has remembered that it is love at some point we don't have that tension of two parts of self mm. we don't have a part that pulls away from love at some point we have completely embodied love again we just exist as love so there's no other self that needs love mm -hmm. because all of our self is existing as love that's where we're going with it. So self-love is a vehicle to that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Um, that feels lovely and wonderful. And how 
do we do that in a world that is seemingly crumbling and exploding and like all the suffering and pain that we see around us how how do we handle that from up and and love ourselves through it with it <clears throat> well part of the practice of spiritual mastery which is part of ascension and is a theme for this year spiritual mastery in, in the human world is that we don't look to the outside world to determine our experience. And so that, that's a, that's a paradigm shift. <clears throat> so when there are events in the outer world that, that hook and trigger us, that we just, we're in it, we're somehow part of it. <clears throat> That's reflecting a place within us that is asking for more love. The state of the planet right now <clears throat> even what looks like a terrible mess is actually the result of the higher order of love pushing the old separative designs and karmic residues out of the collective and the planet. So one thing I wanna say is that the planetary and collective shifts are the result of love at work. They are the result of increased light on the planet. So one thing that we can come back to you know, is trusting that what we are fundamentally is love and that <clears throat> there is an increase of love, that, that love is the natural order of our universe. And we've been out of alignment with that on the planet, but it's, it's reinstating. And that's what, that's what, so we want to keep the bigger picture and we want to keep the bigger view and if we get caught up in a one event one tragedy and there's it's just endless I mean you can look anywhere one story we're either wanting to distract ourselves with drama mm -hmm. or that story event on the outside is pointing to something within that's asking our attention for our attention Mm. <clears throat> so if we want to distract ourselves with things that seem really important on the outside, it's easy right now. If we want to say this thing that's happening out here is so important, I really need to get involved in that. I can't mm -hmm. focus and I can't focus internally right now. I can't do inner work because this thing over here is too important. That's a choice. Mm. If we say the world's deciding for us, that's our choice to allocate our power to the outside. Spiritual mastery means that what we know ourselves to be, the perspective, what we live and embody is decided by what's happening within. So, the, uh, you know, the important thing is that <clears throat> even if it seems to have just happened that we've gotten really caught up, maybe something felt really personal for us. We felt called to help and then we were absorbed and then we were overwhelmed and it just seemed to happen. That's okay. We just come back. But at some point, you know, we, we lost touch with our choice and with our place of focus. The only way we can help the world is by focusing within first. We will act on the outside, but it must be an extension of, of, it must come from our center. Right. So it's, it's not like, it's not like you're saying, you know, ignore everything that's happening outside completely. It's more what I'm hearing. If and when 
things catch your awareness, catch your attention, when you feel a, a physical or emotional reaction or response to something happening in the external world, there's a really big and important opportunity there to look inside yourself and see why, like see what's there for you, see what brought that response up versus staying in that external, like staying, getting caught up in the spiral of media and speculation and, you know, whatever's happening, um, that that is kind of where the distraction can occur. And it's not like, okay, there's a terrible tragedy and I really feel like I want to help in some way, not saying that I shouldn't help, but just saying that like, first, I need to know why, what this is kind of getting at or why this is important to me right now and be really clear from self first before I invest my energy or like go forward. In absolutely. absolutely. The, the idea is to be clear about um, what we're feeling within in response to what's happening on the outside. And then when we choose to engage the external to be clear about that choice. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like <laughs> boundaries. You know, like when I was, when I was sitting with self-love and what that, how that has manifested in my own life, there's this, it's, it's um, when I, it helps me find clarity. Like when I am really um, honest with how I feel then I become clear. I want this. I don't want that. Definitely don't want that. And from that clarity, then I can have, you know, clear boundaries or clear agreements with my external world and how I engage with others and other things like media, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. <laughs> one, one thing that happens really can happen for all of us usually does some point in time is that we um, will have this story that we have we have to do somebody needs our help something or somebody needs our help and so we had to you know then later it's like well we didn't get to this we didn't get to that or we didn't do our well that's because I had to do this because my help was needed right so that's a, a common thing um we're choosing so where it feels like we didn't have a choice or we're not conscious of why we're choosing we want to pause and and go within and start from the heart always and start with self-love there's no have to mm -hmm. There's no, there's no have to. I mean, if this place catches on fire right now, I don't have to walk out. It would probably seem like a really good idea. Mm -hmm. But I use that obvious example because it's all choice. It's all choice. When we say have to, We're not owning our, our choice and we're usually not conscious. We have made a choice, but we're attributing that choice to something on the outside, which usually means we're not conscious of what's, of what's driving our choice. We have chosen. Right. We're just not clear. We're just not clear. And what we've said is something outside made the choice for me. Mm-hmm. And, and usually when we do that, that's a, you know, that's a delay in being clear about why we chose what we did. Right. And we're also not, if we're acting from that place of, you know, some, I had to do this, something outside chose for me, then we're not really bringing our full selves or full, like full loving capacity to that choice, that choice, that act. We're not even clear what's loving and what's not. Right. We're, we, we don't even know. And we start, and, and when we don't have ownership of our choices, 
the fact that they are unconscious, that they are being disowned and driven by something unconscious usually implies that it's not all love driving them. Right. Because love is conscious. Love doesn't have anything hidden. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, things aren't hidden in love because why do they need to be? Why would things need to be a secret? Right? Things aren't hidden when, when they know themselves to be love. So the fact that a, a choice is disowned and it's not fully conscious usually implies that there's something by degree that is not fully aligned with empowered love and that choice. Mm -hmm. Right. We all go through these phases usually. This is it's really usually part of it. <clears throat> um, I mean, to... Loving as a verb is an extension of self. When we remember that we're love and then we extend that. Mm. That's what loving is. And um, if we don't, <laughs> if we're not occupying ourselves, if we don't feel ownership of ourselves. If we're not in touch with ourselves as love. We're not it's not really true giving yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Right. Yeah. And this, I mean, I'm really just reflecting on how, you know, fast paced our, our culture is and how productivity focused we are. And there is just so much action happening. And what percentage of that are we really here for? Such a great question. No. Such a great question. And I, <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I mean, unless you have children to take, if you have children to take care of, that's its own thing. That's mm -hmm. its own responsibility. Separate from that, most of what people do doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't, it's not what matters. They could walk away. They could sit in bed for six months mm. and have a meltdown and wake up faster mm. than being a workaholic for 10 years. Right. Most people aren't doing what matters. Because they're not fully there for it. Well then it, it, it's not even, yeah. It's, it's, it's just sort of these, these automated patterns of 3D life that we invest our energy in because it seems like it's going to make us a good person or get us rewards. We're going to feel loved or successful. Really, it, it seems like a way to avoid our lesser parts of self and seem loved. Like we're good. Like society thinks that we're good or we've made it we're in control and we're avoiding our unseemly parts mm -hmm. and we're going to get something. There's, there's some great reward waiting. If we subscribe to these um, societal roles, that surely society would not prescribe these to us if there wasn't going to be a great payoff. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not in, I'm not saying there's anything you should or shouldn't do specifically. Mm -hmm. But, but what we're waking up to <laughs> is what, what we really are and what we can really do with our time here and where it serves to invest our energy and in is what we're doing actually loving. Is it actually an extension of love? And if it's not, it's then we come back and we start loving ourselves. That's the starting place. I'm trying to do all these things because the truth is I don't really feel loved and lovable and loving. Right. And I'd rather stay busy and pretend like I'm fixing that. Mm -hmm. We let go of that and we come back and we start loving ourselves <clears throat> as on it with as much honesty and dedication as we can. And the focus comes back here and then we're, then we're on our path. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, 
it's something that I think most people can recognize this fact that our success, our society is built in this very, very externally validated folk. Like it's focused on external validation and it, it lives on that. That's what it is. Right. Um, and I, I feel like that's something that even, you know, workaholics or people in all different levels and paths see. Like we know that we're in a bit of a rat race. There's a part of us that's like, is this really worth it? Like, what am I really doing? Mm. And that's that kind of questioning and that self-purpose, that search for purpose. And what I'm really seeing is that the, the path of love, the path of truth, the path of our, our actual purpose is turning within and loving ourselves fully in the midst of all of it. And that is what, that is really why we're here. Because once we have that, not that it's like we can just check a box, but you know, once we, once we have that, we, everything we're gonna do is from love and we are embodying our purpose. It doesn't, it's not really attached to the activity we're doing or whatever we're making. That's it. Exactly. I mean, you could say that we love ourselves until we reawaken to and embody ourselves as love. We exist as love again. And then you can be sitting with a group of people and pour a cup of tea and fulfill your purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. Now... <laughs> we are will be entering a time in which we are bringing through new designs applying spiritual principles love light to give rise to new designs new structures systems in the world we can't do that until we've that comes, that's an extension of our ascension process in the inner work. Mm -hmm. Can't put the outer before the inner. Right. It feels, it feels like we can, I mean, when you get into it, when you talk about, you know, working a lot, kind of getting into a groove and it can feel like we're energizing a part of ourselves. Like we're making ourselves feel alive. We can tell it's draining another part of us, but like we're somehow making ourselves real. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Where we exist because <laughs> I mean, really that's what it starts to feel like we're working so much. We're producing, uh, succeeding so much it's like we've made ourselves real mm. we've given ourselves substance that it's like a you know so there there is a definite lure to that yeah <laughs> um A note on self-love through the month of February. It's the fourth pillar of, of the AE course, which this series builds on, and the link for it will be in the notes that Zena will share. It's, it'll be on sale till the March equinox to invite people to do it at the beginning of the year. Um, as we proceed in ascension, as we align with our purpose, we find it seems that there's a lot to unpack that is not love mm. from this life and many lives past. Self-love is the only way to go forward. Otherwise, judgment comes in. We will feel identified with the distortions, the density we're unpacking. We can't, we can't go forward without self-love. We just can't. <clears throat> It's especially helpful through February because we're getting in touch 
with our lesser known half and any place where the, our lesser known half is unconscious is going to be reflected to us. It's going to be processing through the body, reflected in our lives really quickly. It may feel abrupt and harsh through February. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so lots of, lots of self-love, more, more of it and more often. Yeah. Deep heart breaths. That's something you always guide me to. And yeah. Um, and yeah, just like it can feel really hard when you're in it, but the pat like choosing self-love versus any other option of resistance is ultimately going to be so much easier. And like all of the other pillars we've talked about, it's a practice and soon the muscle just remembers oh this is an opportunity oh i got got pulled away like let me come back to myself and and love myself exactly where i'm at and have full compassion for the fact that i just did that you know and um yeah it, i just want to kind of reiterate that it's 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 simple and it's it's the path of grace really right now it's like it's it's only going to get more intense outside Right. Right. We spend a long time forgetting going out of self-love and then remembering and coming back. And the more we do it, though, the more automatically, the more quickly we remember to love ourselves. Um, yeah. And there's a real simple type of resistance that we can feel to loving ourselves where we haven't before. Mm-hmm because we can sense, feel that it is going to dissolve some of our egoic defenses and some of our survival mechanisms. Right. Yeah. And we can feel some fear around that. If I love myself more, instead of being busy or tense or defensive or avoiding, it's going to change me. Mm -hmm. But love only um, changes. It only breaks down the things that we are not. Right. We never lose anything that we really are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to bring in, so the last pillar was heart first. Mm -hmm. And I was just hearing um like self-love first and this is also something that i do in a different body of work called open human heart where um we practice like like what's what's cena first like in every moment what would be putting myself first and that is an act of love and so um that feels that feels like a very helpful anchor for me when I feel kind of confused, like I could get pulled out of my center. It's like, okay, wait, if I really were to to feel what would what would be the best choice, the most nourishing choice, the most aligned choice for me right now, putting myself first before looking at all the other things involved in the situation. Um, that's really helpful. It's a helpful practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when there's a lot going on or there's a lot to consider, we can always just come back to, I mean, we come into the heart to access self love also. Mm -hmm. That's the most direct way to access. You know, when right. we live from the heart, we can just quick come back to self love quick, 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 quick. And in any moment, any moment where things are unclear, we can come back to what do I want? What do I need? What mm -hmm. am I feeling here? When we're clear about that, all of this gets a lot more clear real fast. Yeah. When we find we're caught up in trying to understand 
why someone is doing what they're doing, acting the way they're acting, treating us the way they're treating us, why a circumstance is going a certain way, when we're really, really, really working to understand something out here, mm-hmm. that's a good time. That's our indicator to come back and say, what do I want? What do I need? What do I feel? Yeah. And when that gets clear, this isn't tangled. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I feel like this is a long one. Um, Is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, that was was a lot. It's a full time, though. It's a full. This is an important important topic that I think, um, I hope, and I, I feel that, this will be really supportive right now. So yeah, good. Thank you everyone for joining us. And um, um, if you have questions about the course, you're welcome to get in touch with me. um, Maybe you can include a link. Yeah, there'll be a link to my site or something. Yeah. Email. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Sina. Of course. Thank you. Powering through. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Love and light.